listening to the Straight Up Saints podcast. What's up, everyone? It's your host, Chris Rosvogel, and welcome to another edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast presented by Boo Crew Media and Level Water. Level Water is a New Orleans-based alkaline water that goes through 11 stages of purification and is infused with bioavailable minerals such as calcium, magnesium, and potassium to deliver superior taste and hydrations. Try Level Water today by visiting levelwatercode.com BKM and use our latest code BKM15 for 15% off your first order of Level Water. Joining me for this edition of Straight Up Saints podcast is the Saints rookie tight end, Dylan Sainer, also former Iowa State star. Had the pleasure of talking to him during the draft process. Now we're switching it up a little bit. Now you're a member of the New Orleans Saints. So before we get into everything, Dylan, first off, how how are you and how's this whole process been? I know it's a different lifestyle. Yeah, uh, I'm doing good. I've been, you know, I think whatever day that was, May 17th or whatever, 16th, I, I came down. Um and, you know, just kind of going to work every day. We're getting back to the fundamentals right now, uh, real basic with a lot of stuff. But, uh, you know, it's it's kind of, you know, it's like college. I just don't go to class. <laughs> so it's not – the lifestyle isn't too different just yet. But, uh, yeah, having fun. And look, if you take college without the class part, that seems pretty fun to me. So <laughs> I definitely take that. So when I was talking to you, I believe it was around late March or – really early April, you were talking about your pro day and, and doing the drills and stuff. And you kind of mentioned me like the saints were one of those teams that were interested at that time. And then lo and behold, fast forward a month later, you signed with the new Orleans saints. So what was it like just getting the call from an NFL team and realizing the dream that you've been trying to achieve for a while does come true? Um, yeah, it was, it was crazy. Um, you know, it's people are starting to figure I've been a saints fan my whole life. So the way that that kind of worked out, um, you know, was awesome for me. Um, you know, you don't get to enjoy the moment as much as you might think there's, especially cause you know, the way that works, if you're undrafted draft ends and, um, you know, every team has their money they can spend on free agents. And if you, so like the saints call me and I've got like five minutes to make a decision. Cause if I'm not going to sign with the saints, then the money just like trickles down and next guy, the next guy, and that's how it works. Um, my situation was crazy because I had like 15 teams, 20, like my phone was just crazy. My agent's phone was crazy, um, throwing offers at me. And so I'm trying to compare these offers, like look at roster situations. Um, so you're comparing the money with like the actual, you know, situation with the, with the team. Uh, so it's, it's pretty stressful, but, uh, you know, at the end of the day, we, we got it done and, um, yeah, it was, it was relieving and, and. I guess like dream come true for me being a Saints fan. So, yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned I, I've got to ask if if you want to share. Obviously, what goes into making that decision when you have so many teams are out there? How much in terms of let's say you give a percentage? How much does let's say financial security matter? How much does you look at the roster and say, hey, look at the Saints? They did lose Josh Hill. They did lose Jared Cook. There's an opening at tight end. How much do those things? If you had to put a percentage on them, how much does that matter? So uh, as an undrafted guy, the Signing bonus is what everyone likes to look at, but is probably the the least significant part of the whole deal. Um, so there's a signing bonus and there's a guaranteed amount of money that if you get injured, cut, whatever were to happen, you're no longer with the organization that they have to pay you that amount of money. Um, so that's obviously a bigger amount than a signing bonus because they're not taking the hit up front. Um, it's just a guaranteed amount. Um, so I think for me, that was more important than, than who's going to fork out the largest signing bonus. Um, 
And then I think the most important part is is kind of the roster situation uh, to the teams that offer you. You take a look like you, you can kind of tell, you know, like like Tampa Bay's calling me. Right. They got three veteran guys in that room um, and sure, like those guys are, you know, getting older, maybe near the end of their career. Uh, you know, maybe they think they can keep me on the P squad, develop a year or two and then and then activate me, whatever, whatever is going through their mind. Um, but for for the undrafted guys, like uh, even if they're going to fork out a fifty thousand dollars signing bonus or even give me one hundred and fifty thousand dollars guaranteed, uh, the league minimum six hundred and sixty. So that's that's what you're going for. Right. You make the roster. Um, and you make the league minimum, then then those those 20, the difference between 20,000, 25,000 on a signing bonus is pretty insignificant at that point. Um, so, yeah, definitely like kind of the, the roster thing is probably the most important part. And then you're guaranteed money. And then, like I said, signing bonuses, whatever. Okay, so I, I find this so interesting. Obviously, you, you've mentioned that you were a Saints fan growing up, and you would know as a Saints fan, I mean, these people are extremely passionate, almost like too passionate at a time, and that's like including myself. Have you had that moment where it first hit you now? Instead of being the Saints fan, you're the guy that Saints fans are looking at and maybe are ready to comment whether it's good, whether it's bad. Have you had that type of moment on social media yet? Yeah, not really. I mean, I haven't done anything good or bad, you know, on, on a Sunday, so that hasn't <laughs> happened. But uh when that time comes, man, you, as a player, you got to just kind of, you know, you love the fans. I love the fans. I love the fans in college. You know, fans are what makes the game fun. Um, but like it's you got to you sometimes you just got to block that stuff out because, you know, Joe Schmo like sitting on the couch. He may be a Saints fan. He may be a good guy. But like, do they how much do people actually know what's going on? So, um, you know, that, that can get to a lot of players. So sometimes you just got to block that out. But like like you asked, like, no, I haven't really had that had that kind of interaction yet, but I'm glad you mentioned that, you know, Joe Schmo type of thing, because I tell you every time I'm sitting there and if I'm watching a game or I'm going over something, I look at it. I'm like, you know, I don't know if I agree with that. And then I stop for a second. I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm pretty sure Sean Payton knows more football than me. So I just yeah. stop and reassess everything. Yeah. So you recently did an interview with Dylan Sanders from Canal Street Chronicles, a good friend of mine. Obviously, they do great stuff there. And what I really like from the interview you did with him is you guys are talking about tight ends. And I know it's so hard to compare. And it's not about you know comparing one game style to another. But you talked about your appreciation for a guy like Josh Hill. So if you sit here now and you kind of turn the clock forward and after watching Josh Hill for so many years, have a chance to potentially, let's say, maybe replace a Josh Hill for the 2021 season, how much would that mean to you? Yeah, that'd be awesome. Um, you know, I'm not I'm not really looking for for a specific uh, like outcome for me this season. I, ha I obviously have personal goals. Um, we have team goals. You know, everybody has that type of thing. Uh, really, my, my most basic like want, I guess, out of this season is like to help. Right. In any way, like if I if I'm, you know, people in the league don't use guys like me on kickoff, but I've done that. Like if I'm running down on kickoff, you know, like PAT field goal, whatever, like if, if I'm just the the goal line blocking tight end, um, you know, if that's what they want me to do, then, then that's what I'll do. Uh, so really for me, yeah, it would mean a lot. Um, and, and then we'll see, we'll see where the career goes. Cause you know, careers tend to evolve, um, as the years go, but yeah, but for this year, for me, it's man, like learn the playbook the best I can. And like, you know, cause you can't, you can't play fast. You can't play loose if, if you don't know what's going on. So that's kind of the first step is, is really good grasp on that. And then, like I'm that I've always been that guy uh, and I always will be that guy just just because they're paying me now doesn't mean I'm going to change from who I've been, you know, so um, 
ask me and I'll, I'll do it. Like that's kind of, kind of been my thing. So. Yeah, absolutely. And you talk about, you know, developing and adjusting your game. One thing that I feel like will always be a mainstay is the fact that you're a willing blocker and the one clip that just continues to circulate around the Huda nation. And it's a great clip to circulate is your block you had against Oklahoma, where you're coming to the side and just absolutely lay a guy out. And I remember the minute you got signed, uh, obviously I was excited because, you know, obviously from a neutral perspective, you rooting for you guys to just sign wherever, but obviously if I'm from a selfish perspective, I'm like, Hey, the one's going to play for a team. I like to see that's going to be fun. And then people start adding me in this video, which I already saw, but I'm like, man, if they start <laughs> circulating, they're going to be, they're going to love it. And I see a, a Dylan Saner appreciation thread. I'm like that video right immediately at the top. <laughs> when you make a play like that, does it like, does anything go through your head? Or is it just like second nature or it's just line up, lay a dude out and go about your business? Yeah, I mean, not much goes to, on that particular one. If you had like the whole copy, like I got up, I talked a little crap afterwards. But, um, you know, it is what it is. Like it's football play, uh, kind of get up and, and run the next one. You know, that's kind of what I what I do. Um, you know, I've, I've had good blocks through my career. I've had, you know, a couple of good catches. It, good or bad, we play the next play. So, but yeah, it's fun. I mean, it's always fun to make good play for sure. So growing up as Saints fan, now that Drew Brees retires and you're on the team, do you almost for like a split second be like, man, I I missed him by a year? Or is it like, hey, look, I can still catch passes from Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill. I'm good. Or is it a a little bit of both? It is a little bit of both. Uh, You know, like growing up, Drew's like role model of mine, right? Like, yeah, I read his book like a hundred times. Like, uh, so, uh, you know, it was like a crap, but then at the same time it was, you know, I, I still get to get, get the chance to be a part of the organization, you know, and I'm sure Drew's going to be around right at some point. So, um, and like you said, Jameis and Taysom, incredible football players as well. So, uh, just being around those guys these last couple of weeks has, has been incredible. Definitely. And being in that system, you mentioned Sean's not afraid to get as like I, I like to say, he's not afraid to get cheeky with certain plays. And this is something you talked about in past interviews and something you're not afraid to admit that you can throw the football if you have to. So I got to give you a hypothetical. Would you rather, let's say, throw a, a completion for a first down in a game for the Saints? Or would you rather be on the receiving end of some type of trick play that the Saints have used before where Alvin Kamara throws to a tight end? Which one would you prefer? Oh, uh, I think I'm going to I'd rather throw it. For sure. Uh, I mean, if only one of them scores, we're going with the points. But man, if it's if everything all else even, I'm going with the throw. See, when I first put down that question, I was like, what if he catches a touchdown pass from Alvin Kamara? But I'm like, knowing Dylan, he's gonna be like, nope, give me the six points every single time. So I had to switch it up a little yeah, yeah, yeah. for you. So I want to ask you, being a guy who comes from a small hometown, then you go to New Orleans, has it hit you yet about this adjustment? Is it a big adjustment or is it something that you kind of embrace and it's it's exciting to to experience something like this? Uh, it's pretty exciting. You know, I, I've never, I've been to big cities, obviously. I've never like, resided in one so that that's definitely a change um you know it's not and you probably know like it's it's not like super big city ish out here like it's not um nothing crazy like la or anything like that you know where where it's like the actual city lights that's just nuts um at least you know what i've experienced so far but uh you know, you kind of you kind of just adjust pretty quick. And, you know, being a football player, you've been like Arkansas and Iowa, like those two are like similar, but then again, not similar. And you and then going into the process, you know, you're going to have to live somewhere that's one of the 32 NFL teams. So 
um, you're kind of prepared for it mentally. But uh, yeah, no, it's not, it's not not too crazy. Um, I mean, you're you're at work all day anyway, so. <laughs> So that was something you actually addressed in your interview with Dylan. You're talking about, obviously, you got so much to do between film studies and workouts and lifts, and there probably isn't as much free time as people think. Like, I know the the question I used to love people when, to ask when your prospect is almost like, hey, what do you do in your free time? And then you realize as you progress through this game, the amount of free time you have just continues to go down. But for people wondering, I love to do kind of rapid fire questions with, with Saints players. It's If I had to hit you with them, what's your favorite TV show? If you have one, what's your favorite, let's say, movie? For, for Saints fans to know a little bit more about Dylan. Okay, movie is Step Brothers, and then anything Will Ferrell is really close behind. Uh, so that's that's definitely movie there. Uh, TV show, I've never been a huge TV guy. Um, the Office, I like. You know, a lot of people don't. You got to have a, you got to have a, a niche humor for it, I think. Um, but Office over Friends, because apparently that's a debate I've seen on the internet. But it shouldn't be taking a, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People, people notice way too much on my podcast. I just, every, any chance I have to throw a Michael Scott reference in, I just throw it in there. <laughs> Absolutely obsessed with that show. And I'll tell you, you mentioned Step Brothers, which obviously one of the better Will Ferrell ones. For some reason, I don't know if you have seen it, but the other guys is always towards the top for my yeah, Will ranking. Yeah. Something about that movie. But uh, going back to, to something you mentioned in another interview, which, which just cracked me up, you're talking about golfing with your friends. And how the clubs basically look a little too small because for people who don't know, I mean, you're a big dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, when do you think golf kind of switches it up and gets clubs that are, are meant for six, seven, six, eight tight ends? Yeah, I don't know, man. So you can go in and you can get extensions, which I need to do, but I mean, I, I would assume they cost a lot of money. So I'm gonna hold off a little, a little while on that. But yeah, so I, you know, I talked to a guy recently. He's like, you need extensions. Apparently, when you're so tall, like the club head lays, you know, the angle of the club head needs to be different than normal size people. So I, I just need to go see a guy and get some size and uh, how much is going to cost me. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm every time I go, I'm like, man, I'm leaving strokes out here because I the clubs are just they're just not working. But is, is that a sport for golf that you've actually genuinely do you enjoy to watch it in addition to playing? Or is it just something that's kind of just, you know, free time, nice to do? Yeah, I like to watch it too. Uh, I'm not like super big into watching it, but I'll I'll flip it on. Um, you know, when, when the big stuff is going on, I won't just like casually watch it all the time. But um, and and don't talking all this golf. Don't don't get it. I'm not like incredible an incredible golfer by any stretch. Like I'm, I'm like a bogey golfer. You know, maybe a little better on a good day. So like it's not nothing yeah. nothing serious for people who don't know. I. I it's a tough sport. I tried once to play and within two holes, I was like, okay, man, I don't know how these guys do it. Like I'm done. Like I'm sitting here thinking like eight shots for the first one. And it's like a three and I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm like, this is incredible. But you know, one thing that I've noticed that these sports are doing in terms of merging, I don't know if you've noticed is, is they have it. It's called the match. Um, now it's Phil Mickelson and Brady versus Rogers and Bryson DeChambeau later this year. We got to find a way to get you to team up with, with a, one of these famous golfers in like a year or two from now, yeah, get you out there on the course. That'd be funny. But I, I want to ask you, you talked about being, you know, a great blocker, but also being able to show more, like there was more left on the table that you could have shown at Iowa state. And this is dating back to when we spoke a couple months ago for saints fans that want to know, what do you feel like those things are? What are those attributes you feel like you can show that maybe when you plug in uh, the tape or just look at, let's say your, your Iowa state highlights, you might not see, but let's say this September, this October, maybe even preseason games, we might be able to see out of you. Yeah. I think, you know, when you get 
in the tight end world, you kind of get tagged. Like, you know, we have a guy at Iowa State that's tagged our receiving tight end. That's kind of his title. And um, people are like, oh, he can't block. Like, that's just what people say. And then, like, I'm the the polar opposite. Oh, like, blocking tight end, he can't catch. Um, and, and, you know, not 100% true for either. Like, my hands are really good. I My ball skills are really good. Like, like Charlie, the guy I'm referring to at Iowa State, like, can't actually block. He just, you know – never really given the opportunity as much as I was. Um, so I think that's one thing, like, I mean, general ball skills that people sometimes assume blocking tight ends don't have, and that's what makes them a blocking tight end. Um, I definitely have those. I, I need to continue to develop, you know, route running skills and, you know, using my body in the past game. Cause like you said, gigantic human being. Um, so there's certain techniques and things that you can do um, to use your body. You don't, you don't necessarily have to be, the four, four speed guy to get it open in the NFL, like from tape study and stuff. You, I mean, there, there's a lot of techniques, uh, understanding defenses, how people are playing you, things like that, um, that, that you can really be an expert on that, that helps you a lot down the road. But yeah, man, just, I mean, I'm excited to get out there and, and see what happens, see how it unfolds. Yeah, one thing that you make pretty clear, I mean, you are a student of the game, whether it's appreciating Travis Kelsey and George Kittle to guys like Josh Hill and Lee Smith. I mean, you appreciate them all around the tight end position. If you had to pick one, who would you, and I'm kind of putting you on the spot here, but who do you think is the greatest tight end to ever play? Sheesh. That's a tough one, man. Like, because like Gronk's in my lifetime. So like, I feel like I feel more Gronk than anybody. I mean, that's my answer when I usually pick because I've watched them the most, but yeah. 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 Like I know like there's some older guys that maybe I haven't even got to watch a ton of um, that would probably be in the conversation. But uh, to my knowledge of what I've studied, I would just have to go with my safe answer or Gronk uh, just because man, it, like I'd say he's probably maybe a little past the prime right now. Most people would say, uh, but when he was in it, man, like the guys, he was humongous. I think maybe cut a little weight now, but uh, use in the past game, like I just mentioned, using your body, one of the best to ever do that. Uh, use his size in the past game. Just he's he's always open, whether he's covered or not. Um, you know, and, and a guy that also puts his hand in the ground is not afraid to go to work in there too. So, yeah, I, I that'd be my answer for now. <laughs> I, I would take it. And it's funny because you mentioned him being the guy like for your generation. Anytime I mention Gronk, I'll have, you know, whether it's an uncle or my, or my father just be like, hey, well, you know, well, Kellen Winslow back then. I'm like, well, I didn't see Kellen Winslow, so I can't yeah. really tell you. But uh, I know I don't know if you're really watching right now, but obviously the NBA playoffs has been, you know, in full swing. And one thing that's just captivating everyone is that we finally have crowds back. And I mean, MSG for the Knicks. Now I'm, I'm from New York, so Knicks fans will always be like towards the top. I think Saints fans still rank a little bit higher than them, but they're crazy guys for you. How excited are you to finally be back in a full stadium? Cause it, it's a big thing, not having that atmosphere. And I think honestly, college, especially not going in those hostile environments that kind of changes the game, but how excited are you to be potentially playing in a packed Superdome, whether it's August, September, October, whenever it may be this year. Yeah, I'm definitely excited for that. Uh, we had a few fans at, at our games last year, you know, a couple of them got like half full maybe, um, which was nice for us, but it's still, still not really the same. Um, and I think a great advantage back for the New Orleans Saints this year, right? Like you, you kind of lose that Superdome advantage when there's no one in there. So it, it was kind of, you know, still had a great season last season, but like, man, that's, that's a really big thing that, that got kind of taken away from us last season. So, um, that'll definitely be nice to have.
Yeah, it, it definitely will. It was so weird. I mean, 3,000 fans in the Superdome just a little weird. <laughs> and even for you guys, I remember your first game, it's almost like for, for Iowa State's home opener, it's, you got the band almost sectioned. Oh, open. yeah, we didn't the, have anybody that one. Yeah. It was it was really weird. It almost kind of – it takes the, the energy out for some players. I mean, they need that kind of wake-up call in those games. So my last question for you, Dylan, kind of goes back to a little bit before about what you may show. But let's just say for this rookie year, what do you think Saints fans can expect out of you on and off the field? Yeah, I mean, off the field – a normal guy like I'm not I'm not like any cooler than anybody else that I see walking like at the grocery store um you know that's kind of what I've what I've always been it's kind of what I want to continue to be like um don't want to really get treated different than any normal person I think a lot of football players would say that uh on the field man like you're, you're gonna get like like I mentioned earlier whatever you, whatever's asked of me I'll do the best of my ability for sure um i always been always been like the dirty work guy people call it dirty work that was like just my my work uh so you know, i'll find work where i can get it and 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 whatever's asked of me that's what i'll do um and then you always get all i got for sure yeah absolutely and i'm sure saints fans will love it and you mentioned just kind of being that normal guy saints fans are stressing out 24 7 so i think they'll be very okay with having <laughs> just a normal guy uh, yeah. on the roster but but dylan thank you so much for taking the time to jump on the podcast and talk about all things saints uh and for people who aren't yet go follow dylan on twitter i think it's just at dylan saner just, yep. just right right there um so i'll leave the link to that in the description for this episode but but yet again, Dylan, thank you for joining the show. And for everyone listening, I hope you guys enjoyed that because next week we're going to have another Saints rookie on to talk about their journey just like Dylan did and let you know what you can see from them. And that's going to be all here on the Straight Up Saints podcast. You're listening to the Straight Up Saints podcast.